The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trav, where they're changing the way you look at the outdoors. The studio lines are now open at 785-846-7647. All right, so we're discussing whether or not hunters have become elitist D-bags when it comes to bug management. And unexpectedly here, Jim, this actually caught us by great surprise. I was flabbergasted. And I was gassy. (laughs) I'm still gassy right now. I'm actually very nervous because, you know, you wouldn't think that our current administration would have a special vested interest in this matter. What what they do in phoning us this morning is our current commander in chief. Oh, my God. The big guy. The president of the United States. Mr. B.O. himself. Mr. Prez, dude, I got to say it is an honor. It is a privilege to have you on the revolution. Welcome, my friend. I receive this honor with deep gratitude. And great humility. Well, I can see where he's coming up with that because you know what? We are a very popular show. Oh, I really love your show. That's right. Hey, Mr. President, now, this is a new question you've probably never heard before. Never. But do you think that outdoor television is negatively affecting game management? Now, these questions are not new. Oh, dude, he shot you down like a oh. pimp. You just like animals. <laughs> You're such an idiot. Oh, all right, all right. You, you kind of went astray on that one. I want to take a different tack. You're stumbling a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and he dazed you. Yeah. We're going to come at it from a different angle. Yeah, okay. different approach here. Now, do you think that imposing antler restrictions could, in fact, help us Americans better manage our wildlife? What do you think? I do not bring with me today a definitive <laughs> solution to the problem. All right, so what do you know, Mr. President? What I do know is that meeting these challenges will require the same vision, hard work, <laughs> and persistence of those men and women who acted so boldly decades ago. Okay, so you're saying like Fred Bear, Chuck Adams, maybe uh, Larry Wiseman, Jim. I, I can roll with that. How about I can Kurt see Gowdy? Kurt Gowdy, I can see where you're getting out with that. All right, Mr. President, in your opinion... What do you think is our greatest challenge in managing wildlife today? So part of our challenge is reconciling these two seemingly irreconcilable truths. What the f- did he just say? Someone's been tipping back to Cole 45. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. All right, so getting back to our talking points, Mr. President. How do you feel about all of the naysayers that don't believe our current management practices need any adjustment? There's little scientific dispute that if we do nothing... We will face more drought, more famine, (laughs) more mass displacement, all of which will fuel more conflict for decades. Jeez, Mr. President, we're talking about wildlife (laughs) management. Dude, you need to chillax. Take it down a bit, man. Just, you know what? We need a beer summit. A note out of Biden's page here. (laughs) Just relax. I do not believe that we will have the will, the determination, (laughs) the staying power to complete this work. Well, Mr. President, it would appear that you have ditched the yes we can for doom and gloom. So you know what, buddy? It has been awesome. He it, was for it before it, he was against it. It really has been a pleasure to have you on. We've got about 10 seconds left, but I think we're actually going to have to cut this short. So you know what? Everybody give a round of applause for the President of the United States. Thank you very much. 
beautiful. All right, so also joining the revolution debate on whether or not hunters have become elitist when it comes to buck management will be Wade Bourne. He's going to be phoning in any second now. Plus, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, John Debney, Nick Rose, Don Higgins, and the invincible Gordy Cron. And for those of you who don't have Alzheimer's, this show is being powered by Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. At RamTrucks.com. It looks like the old studio line is ringing off the wall. Jimbo, it is ringing off the desk, actually. We've got a legendary radio gangster and outdoor TV icon Wade Bourne for this because he wants to crack some skulls over this management debate. He's a skullbuster. You know, guys, it seems like anymore there is nine trazillion outdoor television shows and two gabillion. That's a big number there. That's like legs of centipede. That is um, wildlife management organizations, and they all seem to be saying the exact same thing here, and that's if we don't abide by their criteria of management practices, they're going to ridicule and chastise us. And I'll tell you what, Wade, Jim and I, we don't even want to go to the local donut shop anymore and I like talk about donuts. you. Yeah, I do. I like their coffee. But anyways, we don't even want to go there and talk about the animals that we have harvested in fear of the negative response we're going to get. Honestly, it's come to the point where it's that sad anymore, Wade. I would say, well, excuse me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I buy a license. Uh, I have two criteria for taking a deer. What's that? If it's legal and if it pleases me. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Yes. So if I see a, uh, a four-point buck and that buck is legal and I desire to take that buck in my book, that's fine. And that's, yeah. you know, that's what I tell people whenever the subject comes up. If somebody wants to wait, for a five and a half, for a six and a half, seven and a half, you know, if they're looking for a 150 or 160 or 70 class buck, fine, great, you know, good deal. But don't try to impose your criteria for what makes a good animal on another person because it's a personal thing. Yeah. It's between you and the animal. And if that animal is legal and you are pleased with that animal, then, you know, you don't have to make excuses to anybody. You bet. Well, you know, you and I talked before we went on the air about the op-ed piece that was in Peterson Sunny World about this uh, young 10, 11-year-old kid that shot this nice 10-point Real buck. Real nice buck. And somebody was chastising because oh. it was only two and a half years. If we want recruitment, should we be doing those kinds of things? Whoever chastised that kid should be flawed. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 20 lashes. You know? <laughs> really, you know, we try to, I think a lot of this, you mentioned all the TV shows. I think a lot of the, the high expectations come from the multitude of TV shows on now that all you see are these giant bucks and it, it's like they're supposed to feel inferior if they don't take up 18 inch 10 point. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with bases as big around as a baseball bat. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, that's not the way the real world is. And if it, and it doesn't matter if it is or if it's not. What matters is if the animal is legal and if it pleases the hunter. You know, I was brought up to be an ethical hunter and to think of management. And, you know, it's kind of funny. You watch a lot of shows. And I remember there was one show in particular. And I was taught if a buck's walking by and he's got a broken leg. And if he's not the buck you just dreamt of shooting this season, you should probably do the right thing and take him. Because, you know what? His death is going to be very gruesome and it's going to be horrible. Long and painful. And I've seen a lot of shows where they have bucks walking 
walk by that I mean are just tore up and you need to do the right thing and take that buck and they don't do it. Or let's say well, management wise, you have a buck that's maybe, you know, he's, we have a buck that roams around the studio here that only has one horn and he's got offspring that only <laughs> have, have one, one horn. horn. <laughs> well, you know what Jim did? Jim went out and harvested that to kind of stop that process. But you know, it's stuff like that. Jim is proud of that one horn buck. I shot a buck two years ago, won the greatest. He was pretty banged up, had a broken leg. And you know what? I feel great about that. What do you say? You know, I think that's the right thing to do to start with. Uh, I think, you know, I've been in the TV business a long time. I did a show on TNN for eight years called Advantage Outdoors, and we did some deer hunting on that show. Uh, and television sort of drives the industry now. You know, and, and viewers want to see people take big bucks. And so you have television hosts that go to places, number one, that can grow big bucks. Yeah. But they go to the best places at the very best times, and they sit in a tree for three days, five days, seven days, eight days, you know, until a good deer walks by, and then they shoot it, and that's all you see on the show. And so that builds these expectations among other hunters. Well, I'm not good enough if I don't take a deer like that. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. We did a show one time on public land in Tennessee where anybody could hunt. I took a collection of friends, and we had an old-time deer camp. And we got out and hunted on public land, and I shot a, a young six-pointer the third morning. And we got more favorable comment about that show from viewers than really? any deer show I ever did. What's it, you feel like they can relate to it. But Absolutely. You, you know, Jim and I, together, we went in, we bought about 150 acres. And we said, you know, we're going to sit down, and we're going to start managing this property. And now that's not a lot of ground, but you don't people don't understand. You don't have to have a lot of ground to have tremendous hunting. So the past four or five years, we've been implementing some stuff, and we have seen our herds just tremendously improve. But here's the deal. Last, I know, I think it was two years ago, Jim passed up this beautiful, I mean, really nice four and a half year old buck, probably 170s. Okay. Well, come to find out the next day that buck was harvested four miles down the road. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what we're trying to do, unless you can get everybody around you to follow the same routine. That's right. Yeah. You're yeah, almost, program yeah, you're kind of uh, shooting yourself in the foot. Uh -huh. That but, literally, you know, but... on the other hand, if you take that animal, then he certainly has no opportunity to grow. Yeah. You know, he if uh, that deer just got unlucky and went by the wrong hunter in the wrong place, <laughs> but uh, if he had gone to the right place, then he may have survived the sea. You know, it's just it's a it's a subjective call on the part of each hunter what yeah. he wants to do, what what trips his trigger, you know, what brings him satisfaction, what he feels good about. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Wade Bourne. He is the author. He's a writer, and guess what? He's a duck hunter extraordinaire. That's right. And hey, Wade, if we want to find out more about you and everything that you do, where can we head to online to do this? WadeBourneOutdoors.com. The Bourne is just like the Bourne Supremacy. <laughs> B-O-U-R-N-E. <laughs> but Wade is even oh, tougher. Everything he knows, he's my younger brother. <laughs> this is being brought to you by the programs of the NRA. Check them out at NRAblog.com and Ruger Firearms. You can find them at Ruger.com and Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter, at Cabela's.com and Ram Trucks. That's RamTrucks.com. And coming up after the break, we've got Lee and Tiffany Lukoski with The Crush. And this is The Revolution. Public health care, male enhancement, and snuggies. All things that don't affect the revolution. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football, and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark, Paul Fresh Clark, and Lester Scudder Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co-hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program, to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Potential. That can be a troubling thought to some of us. Either you live up to it and meet expectations, or you don't. And then there are those who aim to exceed potential. The ones who go out and dare to be great. Reset the bar. Ignore the critics. Because they have the vision and the guts to live outside the walls of expectations. They go beyond the trappings of fads and trends. And they make machines that last. They design with a greater purpose. They work at places like Ram, or they make trucks like the outdoorsman. For people like you who seek far-reaching places, the new 2011 Ram Outdoorsman. Guts. Glory. Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Hey, you're dialed into the revolution, the leader in outdoor radio, and let your voice be heard on our blog, Facebook, or Twitter page at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. That's right. You know what, guys? Hop on there and tell them how you really feel about it. Oh, no. But again, we're talking about wildlife management and buck selection, and who better to weigh in on this subject than the master whitetail crushers and heavy management hitters, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. Now, Lee and Tiffany, we got to ask you now, do you think, since you are so directly involved with it, that outdoor television has portrayed hunting and management in general have they done it justice because you know word in the woods is that some outdoor tv now this is completely excluding you guys that um is outdoor television is putting unrealistic expectations on uh the average hunter well you know i hope that uh you know that we're not one of those shows no no it's, it's people that know us i mean even though we do you know try to harvest only mature deer I mean, I don't know that a lot of people know about it unless, you know, we did a, you know, in our Whitetail Freak show on our original season, we talked a lot about the background and things. But, you know, I grew up in in Minnesota, 
and Tiffany as well, and she never hunted before we met. But when mm-hmm. I started hunting, you know, it was just up in northern Minnesota, and I was, you know, I started hunting when I was eight or nine years old, and I didn't shoot my first deer until I was 16. I mean, there were so few deer up there, you know, with the wolves and the snow, and I bet you over those, you know, eight years or so that I didn't see 10 or 12 deer over those entire years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it wasn't always like this. We didn't know anybody that had farms. We didn't, you know, we lived right in the city. I mean, I could see the IDS tower from my bedroom window. (laughs) There you go. This has all been a progression, and it's like nobody in our family had farms, had great places to hunt. I just went out and knocked on doors, and it's like I said, when we want to only shoot four or five-year-old deer on our show, Mm -hmm. it didn't start there. Trust me, when I shot my first little spiky, man, I drove around with it in my truck for two weeks. And, you know, I didn't shoot my first deer with a bow until I was in my 20s, and same with Tiffany. So it's all a progression of where you are, you know, and I hope we don't really portray that that's what everybody else needs to do, because when people come and hunt with us, even, I always tell them, I was like, well, what deer should we shoot, what should we go after? And I always tell them, you shoot whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. You know, because we have our standards, but it took us a long time to get there. For you guys, whatever your standards are, wherever you're happy with shooting, that's what you should shoot because, hey, we're just hunting is about having a good time, and that's what we want you guys to do. No, and the great thing about the crush is that you and Tiffany, you don't impose your beliefs on anyone else. And everybody that watches your show, probably, what, I would say a good 60 to 70% of your shows are shot on your own property, and this is oh, land sure. that you are managing yourself. So it's not like you're going to all these game ranches and high fence, and not that there's anything oh, right. against that, but here's the deal. You I were, shot a high fence one time. Jim did do that. But no, you guys are harvesting animals off of your own land, and it's your own hard work that is achieving this. And, and that is right. what is so great about you guys. But I want to read you an email we actually just got. You have mail. It says, um, I'm a meat hunter first. On some of my most memorable hunts, I have only taken a doe or small buck or nothing at all. Um, and that most people would not consider those to be trophies, but those are the most memorable hunts to me. You know, I really feel that that is the sentiment. That's the heart cry. Of a lot of people out there. Oh, yeah, and I agree, because, like, you know, even in seminars, people always ask Tiffany and I, you know, what's your favorite hunt? And a lot of times it's different things, but still it always kind of goes back to, number one is Tiffany talks about like, her first deer she ever shot, mm-hmm. and that was this little six-point, and it was the first one ever. She didn't know she'd never hunted before. She didn't know if she could do it or not. And number two, I was just, when Tiffany and I and her mom, Linda, were turkey hunting, and she shot her first turkey with mm-hmm. a bow. And so, you know, you can, you know, obviously we manage for big deer and that's, you know, kind of my passion and our hobby. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, that isn't our ultimate goal. My goal is to have the healthiest deer herd and, and push all our deer to potential. And I, I, I like growing them and watching them and picking up sheds as much as I oh like yeah them and, and most of the time even more. Well, you know, we actually talked with somebody the other day about uh, shed hunting. And the fact of the matter is... Now, I think you could probably even dart a deer if you got to the right people, be able to take those horns off and have it, and the deer still carry on those genes to the next generation. Yeah. Now, what do you and Tiffany, how do you guys feel about antler restrictions? Do you think that more of this should be um, imposed, or or do you think it does no good? Like Mississippi. Yeah. You know, it seems like at least everyone that we talk to, and, and just for myself and my friends and everybody I know, I mean, we all want to go out and have a good time. But yeah. You're always looking for a bigger buck. I mean, let's say, oh, yeah. I mean, they want to come to the Deer Classic and everything. I think there's, you know, there may be some true just meat hunters out there, but I still think that everybody would like to, to shoot a good deer. Oh, yeah. So I really think that if that's what the goal is to get, you know, more mature deer, 
um, the antler restrictions to me are a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you just want to, if you're truly meat hunters, there's always, always, always more does than there are bucks. I mean, no matter where you go, just because of natural mortality of bucks from fighting and everything else, there's always going to be more does. Yes. So if you were truly just a meat hunter and that's all you wanted, there's a lot more does than there are bucks and, they, and they're much easier to, to shoot and to fill a tag. But now I think that, I don't know that everybody who says they're just strictly a meat hunter is being honest. Because I was I just going to say would, the exact same thing. I think that you would like to do a big one. So I think, you know, and those antler restrictions are, you know, and they're whatever, three points on the side. I mean, that basically just gets them through a year and a half old. It just gets that group of deer to two years old, where at least they'd have, you know, a rack. And, you know, everybody that we talked to, like out in Pennsylvania when they, when they did that, when they first started it, Oh my gosh, it was up in arms and everybody, yeah. oh, now our best genetic small five points will get shot and we'll be knocking out the genetic pool. And I was like, that is, BS. Yeah, that is not right. Yeah. Very few have four or five points on a side at a year and a half anyway. And I said, I think you'll see the improvement. And it's funny, the difference now, it's been over three years ago or so that, you know, we're out in Pennsylvania doing shows and I was asked, a raise a hand, you know, how many people are for it, how many against it. And now almost, Everybody says that they're for it. They're seeing better bucks, and yeah. and almost across the board. So, you know, I guess it depends if people can be really honest with themselves. I think we all like going out hunting just for the experience to get out, all those kind of things. But I think in the back of our minds, everybody still wants to shoot a big buck. You bet. Now, hey, we got to get to a break, and I know that it sucks. I mean, it sucks big time. But we got to take a break so old Lee here can take a breather. Hey, and after this word from our sponsors, perhaps, not just perhaps. Maybe. Who knows? We're going to hear from old Tiffany about deer and deer management. Oh, that's going to be a good one. But this is being brought to you by the programs of the NRA. Check them out at nrablog.com and not alone. That's notalone.com and Yellowstone Fly Rods. Look them up at yellowstoneflyrods.com and Steiner Binoculars. That's Steiner dashbinoculars.com and this is The Revolution. Before, during, and after the show, The Revolution continues 24-7 at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hunter's life has many stages. The further along you go, the more you want to share it with others because we still marvel at it. How many times does it happen as it's planned? Almost never. Never. And it's the people that can think on their feet and react to the circumstances in front of them that are the most successful. Take those big deer. Exactly right. Make versus country your country. Don't miss the best hunters and biggest bucks. Fridays at 8 Eastern, only on Versus. 
Wildlife Properties is the source for recreational farm and investment properties in Kansas. Find that perfect hunting property from land owned by Wildlife Properties and developed for habitat by Nick Rhodes. As a real estate broker, Nick Rhodes can also assist those interested in a farmland investment in one of the most productive hunting areas in the country. Wildlife Properties concentrates on the north central Kansas area so it knows the local markets, conservation practices, and hunting conditions. Land purchasers can count on Wildlife Properties for property management and local assistance after the sale. For more information about North Central Kansas and wildlife properties, visit MyWildlifeProperty.com. Yo, Peace, the Revolution is back, and you can punch in our digits at 75-846-7647, or you can just Google us. You know, it really doesn't matter whatever you fancy, Jimbo. But once again, it's the Revolution with Jim and Trav. And we're talking deer and deer management with the Lakoskis. Yeah, you know, I shot a, a spike horn bucket at dentures. And dead. You know, <laughs> see, that's my excuse. I could have shot a 240-class buck, but I didn't want to. I just wanted the meat. All right, now, right. We, we, we know that genetics plays a big part in this, but also does good feed. And what are you guys doing on your place to be able to improve the uh, the uh, horns? All I remember is growth. bigger bucks, healthier deer. <laughs> you guys are too funny. <laughs> yeah, well, we, just, yeah, we started very small. Right? Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, yeah. a little background about us that like a lot of people probably don't know is you know, I said to this day, I don't think Lee has ever taken me on a date. It's <laughs> Maybe in the tractor. Whatever, it's always, oh, darn. Especially back in the day when we used to live in Minnesota, it was, hey, if you want to pick me up from work and drive me down to Kansas so I could sleep all day because I've worked all night and we can look at dinner all night long. <laughs> and that is the honest to God truth. So, I mean, back in the day, a lot of people think that Lee is the way he is now because of what we do for a living. But it's not the truth. It's, I mean, that's not the case. I should say it's like he's always been just a one thousand percent white tail nut. We were always, you know, it's always just been his dream to have a little piece of property and be able to manage for deer because that's what he's always he's always done. I mean, even when he used to live in Minnesota, it's still he always had different standards like that. You know, he was always trying. You know, no matter where we were, he was always trying to manage a bit. So mm-hmm. he said it hasn't always been where we live in Iowa and we. Because you didn't have to knock out any big trees, and that's kind of the, well, the plan. But then, then it's like, well, wait a minute, there's not as big of trees to even get a stand in here. But yeah, okay. yeah, I wish I would have a nice slide in this. <laughs> Just try to make sure that now, you know, we've gotten a lot of partners involved and got a lot more, and about those six food plots have grown to over, you know, probably 120 food plots. Holy now. cow! Sure that, yeah, and about seven, seven or eight hundred acres of food plots that we put in now. Jesus, so try to make sure that on every farm we have good nutrition for them every part of the year. Yeah. And we can't do that on all of our farms because some of them are just too much timber and they're just not big enough fields there. So on those, then I do have feeders out where I run protein pellets and I bale up all my clover fields. Mm. I got a whole barn full of hay, of uh, clover hay. So I, you know, right in the winter time. I'm now in charge of all that. <laughs> yeah, so, I am, actually. Yeah, we just got her a new mower and a new little tractor to make sure she can mow all the clover and get it all baled up because we yeah, need to <laughs> Put her so butt to work. And stuff. We're just putting out clover bales like, yeah. you know, in the wintertime to get them to this time of the year when things start greening up and, you know, the clover fields start greening up and 
and stuff to get them through. So we just really make sure that our deer herd is, you know, healthy. That it's got, yeah. That we got food all times of the year for them. Yeah. Well, what can you and Tiffany give maybe uh, just a tip to our listeners? Because there's a lot of people out there. And let's face it, right now we're in some tough economic times. You know, yeah. maybe somebody that doesn't have a lot of ground, which you guys have always said, and that's one thing that's also great about your show as well. You always point out you don't have to have a lot of land to have yeah. tremendous hunting on. So what's maybe a few little tips that you could give our listeners saying if they have maybe 10, 15 acres what could we yeah, possibly yeah, do? I tell people still, like I said, it's only been seven years since we bought, you know, started doing the show. Mm-hmm. And before that, I mean, I'd still, Tip and I both had shot a lot of good deer before we owned a single piece of property. And it was all just through hard work and, and knocking on doors and finding the right places and doing things. And still to this day, the biggest deer I've ever shot was on a 10 acre piece in right in Minneapolis. Wow. But Jeez. on that piece, yeah, you know, that's honestly got you. Any little open <laughs> piece that you have, you know, that 10 acres was all I needed because it, it butted up to a park where you couldn't hunt and hadn't been hunted for a while. So it's, I mean, it's hard to find those kind of places, but if you, you know, it was just through a lot of work and every single day through the summer when most people are out, you know, playing softball and playing baseball and doing their summer things. I mean, I was still every day looking at deer and checking out fields, see what was planted where, you know, because of some of the places that I got, that I found that I could bow hunt in the metro area, uh-huh. you know, there were some farm ground to see what was planted where and, and things. And on that little 10 acre piece, we were able to put some clover seed out there. And, and then we, I had nothing. So, I mean, I just took a lawnmower out there and mowed some of the, a little patch in there and then just. You're dedicated. Clover seed out there and just, and some of it grew. Yeah. And that's, all that I really needed at that time. I mean, that's all I had to work with. So it, it wasn't always like we have now, but see, that was the one thing that we did back then to get some kind of food source out there. And people always ask me, you know, if you could plant anything, what would it be? And, then, you know, everyone's looking for some magic bean or something, but it's clover. Let's <laughs> it. It's, it's definitely clover. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. My wife and I, we really got just addicted. And even I have two little girls, and they she love dyed her blonde. watching the show. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's really funny. We like to sit there as a family and watch you guys' show, and we always talk about it's so funny to see how Lee is so focused and just concentrates so hard on deer hunting and management. I, I get such a kick out of it. It is so fun, and it, it, it's totally real, and it's not played up. You're right, and, and, and then you see how much I'm not. It's like I'm also <laughs> having a good time, and I'm a helper and everything. But You're enjoying life. <laughs> no, this yeah, has been great. Tiffany's the entertainment. You can bring the viewers. I'll bring in the deer. <laughs> That's it. good that way. But not on purpose. It just happens to be the way it is. You're just sociable. <laughs> That's right. This has been sponsored by Lupo Tactical Optics, makers of the Mark IV Ricecope line. Look them up at Lupo.com and Blackhawk. That's Blackhawk.com and Cabela's King Cat Tournament Trail, America's oldest and longest national circuit. That's KingCatUSA.com. And coming up next is Nick Rhodes, and this is The Revolution. You know those talk radio shows that are really funny and super informational, and you just love the hosts? Well, that's not us. We are the revolution. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hedrick. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... We cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores with the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. Cabela's, celebrating 50 years as the world's foremost outfitter. This is George Thornton with the National Wild Turkey Federation, and if you're looking for great hunting, you'll find it in Kansas. You may already know about the great pheasant hunting here, but did you know Kansas is also a great place for quail, deer, geese, and my personal favorite, the wild turkey? Learn more about turkey hunting in Kansas at www.travelks.com. You're listening to the Revolution with Jim and Trav, and the phone lines are open. That's right, they're open up at 785 No, 8467647. That was bad, Jim. Yes, it I actually was. gave out your home telephone number. Yeah, and. Copy it. But anywho, we are actually talking this Speaking week, of butts. deer and deer management. We've had a lot of great guests on so far, but they all pale in comparison to Nick Rose. That's right. Wildlife property. So I tell you what, Nick, thanks for being on The Revolution. Hey, it's always my pleasure, and uh, I hope I can live up to that introduction. <laughs> well, you can live up to the missed telephone number. Now, Nick, <laughs> obviously, you are in uh, management. You handle a lot of this. Uh, People call him sir. There's so many different aspects of management, but we're mainly touching on whitetail management. You know, there's a lot of television shows out there, and like we've been saying in some previous interviews, it kind of seems like they're putting unrealistic expectations on the average hunter uh how do you feel about this i've got kind of a mixed feeling about that specifically with regards to like tv and, and other media that are out there and we're sp- because the television industry has done big things for the popularity of hunting oh definitely so i don't want to discount those things and i'm not going to be one of those guys that just jumps right out there and says that you know all the expectations they put out there aren't realistic because of all the good things they have done to yeah. build up the popularity of of hunting and, and fishing and other recreational activities so but that being said also yeah, I do in some cases think that it does put some unrealistic expectations, specifically when it comes to whitetail hunting. A lot of those shows, if you watch them, and I've been involved with some of these shows and been on some of these shows, and so I can tell you firsthand, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into harvesting a deer on one of those shows. Well, then by the time you cut that down and edit it for TV content to fit it into a 15-minute segment, it looks like guy walks out to the stand, 
five seconds later, monster buck walked in. <laughs> Two seconds later, guy's got the hero shot standing over there. Yeah. So, yeah, from that standpoint, it does put some unrealistic expectations. I think from that standpoint, people go out into the field and they expect every exactly. time that they're going to they're gonna kill a big rack. The real negative thing I see out of that, though, is that you put this big priority on, on hunting big rack mm-hmm. animals. And so then you've got people who are just obsessed with getting the big rack that they'll go outside of seasons or yep. fast on people's properties. And that's where you get into it becoming a critical issue. You, you saw me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's getting into the, you know, it's getting into where it becomes illegal and becomes unethical. At some point. Put your hands up now or I'll shoot. <laughs> I was up in in Canada. I shot a tremendous deer, and so I decided that uh, that I I wouldn't shoot another deer until I would, could find a bigger one than that. Well, geez, I went ten years without ever harvesting an animal, yeah. and so I went out and I harvested uh, this little basket horn buck. And a guy came up and he says, "I wouldn't have shot that." And uh, as a matter of fact, he didn't shoot a deer that year, and I was eating venison and mashed potatoes and gravy. A funny story real quick, Nick. The guy that said that was me. <laughs> Jim's being a D-bag over here. Yeah. Well, I didn't mention names. Well, you know, it's kind of hard. Okay. We- okay, but you know what, though, Jim, you've got a good point there. Uh, isn't really the tradition of hunting about being in the outdoors, going outside, and then bringing something home to produce for the family. Bringing exactly. home, you know, something to put on the table. I mean, that's the tradition, and that's the nature of hunting. I mean, when when our Native American brother and sisters were doing this, you know, thousands of years ago, it wasn't because they were out there trying to find the biggest buck on the property. No, they, they were really trying to hide from Columbus. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were doing it to bring meat home. And I, and I think that in somewhere along the line there, the, the emphasis of hunting has changed from being a uh, a tradition-based thing to a, a trophy-based thing. And that's where I think you see the lines getting blurred. Uh, and I think that's where we need to, as outdoors people, we need to educate people on, on what the traditions are. And, 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 and hunting is more about being out there and the time that you put into it than it is about just bringing home something big to hang on the wall. Yep. Especially, you know, what really gets me going is when I see a dead deer out in a field somewhere that's got the head whacked off. Yes. And yeah. so you know, you know the guy that took it. All he wanted was the rack, mm-hmm. and that makes me, you know, more sick and disgusted than anything else. Just to see, uh, you know, the carcass of a deer be completely wasted because all the guy wanted was the horns. Well, you know, you always talk about an interesting thing, and that is shed hunting. If all you are is interested in the sheds, we've talked before. Why don't you get a ton of trail cameras out, start scouting? You know, you can get dogs that are trained to um hunt for sheds. Why don't you do this and then just get replicas made of those? horns basically you're still hunting but you're letting that animal live it just it kind of makes no sense to me especially if you're not going to eat the animal shed hunting is great is a great alternative for those guys that want to go out there and find those deer because it's not hunting if you're driving through a field in a pickup truck with a rifle hanging out the window at 100 mile an hour trying to kill something that's not hunting and then if you it's not feel good about (laughs) bragging to your buddies about that big trophy hang on your wall because that's the way you took it then, you know, you've got a pretty sad life. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Nick Rhodes, and, of course, he has My Wildlife Properties. That's right, Nick. Now, if anybody wants to find out more about you and also your awesome um, recreational properties, and if anybody has a question for you, uh, where can we find you online and hook up with you in an email? Uh, you can find us online at www.mywildlifeproperty.com, uh, or you can send me an email at nick at mywildlifeproperty.com. Get on our website. We've got a Facebook page that's linked up to that, too. You can check out the uh, the number of hunting properties we have available. Uh, Tons lots of, of good them. information from our newsletter and, and our blogs. 
Uh, we've got hunting leases out there now too. So, uh, you know, see what's new. And, uh, and if you've got a question or you want to hear us talk about something on the radio show besides some of these polarized conversations, don't <laughs> so me an email and, uh, and we'll, and I'll promise you we'll put it up on the show. Nick wears moon boots, Jim. Did you know that? <laughs> he, he, he could do a moon walk too. <laughs> I, I think. Well, anyways, Nick, this has been The Revolution. It has been sponsored by Ram Trucks. And you can find them at ramtrucks.com. And coming up after the break, we got Don Higgins, and this is The Revolution. Join the debate, and you can find it on The Revolution blog at outdoortrailsnetwork.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Do you live in the ultimate fishing town? Yeah, sure. Nominate your town at WFNFishingTown.com and your community can win a $25,000 donation and be featured on WFN, the World Fishing Network. Enter your town before April 8th. WFN's Ultimate Fishing Town is brought to you by Eagle Claw. Whether you're a top hand or a hired hand, Vanderbilt's has what you need. They carry a full line of cowboy and work boots made by Justin, Wolverine, Ariette, and more. They also carry a full line of Carhartt pants, shirts, and jackets. And for the hardcore cowboy, they carry a full line of jeans and shirts from Wranglers. No matter where you go in this great state of Kansas, you're not very far from a Vanderbilt store. They have stores in Colby, Hayes, Salina, Topeka, Wamego, and Wichita. Vanderbilt's, they're your work boot store. You can get a load of the revolution at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. And while you're there, make sure you snack on some brain food. Jim, it's time to come in for dinner. <laughs> That's got to be the Revolution Podcast. Oh, Jim, they are so darn tasty. <laughs> make it lick your fingers. Finger licking good. Yeah, that is right. Well, hey, hitting us up on the phones is Don Higgins. He's an outdoor writer and hunting in the real world. Whitetail wears so deep. You know what? I shot, Jimbo took me out last year, and I shot, I mean, it was a tremendous. It was a nice deer. It was a nice buck. We figured he was about four and a half years old, scoring, I think, um, Jim scored. 156. 156. Really nice buck. I was just elated. He was on cloud nine. I, I was, Jim. Thank you for that. I was texting all my buddies, man. I was just ready to celebrate. And, and then. I, I went inside. 
I sat on the couch. <sighs> I turned on the outdoor channel. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Waddell. Uh-oh. Oh, big mistake. I instantly felt like silently chastised people, like overwhelming amounts of people started defriending me on Facebook. I mean, the, honestly, this is how they make you feel anymore. And, and do you really think, Big D, that outdoor television really portrays hunting um, in an accurate and true fashion? No, actually, I, I think the outdoor channel is is almost fantasy television. Yes, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's kind of warped our perception, and it's really given young hunters, you know, especially kids, you know, a, a false idea of what hunting is really like. And you know, the focus seems to be on big antlers, and and everything else seems to be forgotten. Yeah, you know, Don, it's kind of funny, but I sit here, and just like you, I go to work five days a week, even sometimes six. I work on the weekends. I've got a family. I've got kids. I have other responsibilities to take care of. And so when I do get the chance to go hunting, I maybe have three to four hours in a given weekend to do this in. Now, I don't know about you, but when I go hunting, sure, I would like to get just a massive buck to shoot something Boone and Crockett Pope and Young is a dream that I would like to fulfill. I haven't been able to yet, but you know what? My first goal is to fill my freezer. That is what I want to do first and foremost before I ever start looking at rack because you know what? That eliminates um, or cuts down on my grocery bill. It is extremely good for you, but I think too many people are putting emphasis on the yeah, rack. That's one of the things that's been lost, and especially I think uh, you know outdoor TV is largely responsible for that. Uh, yeah. It used to be that, uh, you know, a deer hunter, he started out as a child as, as hunting small game with his father and, and kind of progressed up the ladder. And, you know, he didn't start hunting uh, deer until, you know, he was in his teenage years. And it was a progression, you know, and, and you know, he fished and hunted and trapped for just about anything that uh, there was. And it was just a progression as he matured as a person and as a hunter. And today these kids are turning on the outdoor channel and they're seeing uh, guys shooting monster bucks right and left with a pretty girl on their arm. And, <laughs> and they, think that, uh, they think that's reality. They can go out and they can kill these big deer and all they got to do is sit in a tree stand for 15 minutes. And then when they do that, the pretty girls are just going to fall in their lap. Oh, yeah. I love you. Know, you. There are a lot of... We're not necessarily big on outdoor channel, but there's a lot of uh, channels out there. There that, is a lot of channels yeah. out there. And there are some show hosts that really do contribute to the outdoors and help out. So we don't completely want to shun them, but there is a select few. And I really think it's funny is especially for young hunters. And, and if you're just a newbie and it doesn't matter if you're 15, 16, 45, 60, that doesn't really matter. But like you said earlier, they watch these shows and those goals are completely unrealistic. They don't understand that the people that are on these television shows and hunting, they didn't do any of the preparation. They didn't do any of the management, the guides and the outfitters. And the people that personally own this land did all that, and they just show up basically. But they did have to climb into the tree they stand. They did climb in the tree stand, <laughs> but they're just there to pull the trigger. And that is the truth of the matter here. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I've, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be in the outdoor industry where I know a lot of these uh, folks you see on TV. And there's some very good hunters, some very ethical people. Yeah. That, uh, you know, just top-notch individuals that are, that are uh, producing these shows and you see on TV, but... You know, there's also a certain number of knuckleheads on there, too, that are <laughs> ego freaks. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it's all about building up their ego. They want to just uh, go to outdoor shows and sit around and, and sign autographs and and uh, feed their ego, and they're doing it through the hunting industry. And yeah, that, That's what I have a problem with more than anything is uh, it's not about us. It's, a, it's about uh, managing the wildlife properly. 
leaving a better herd for the next generation than what we've found and improving the habitat too as we go and and that seems to be lost on these these big ego freaks. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Don Higgins. And, of course, his website is www.higginsoutdoors.com. Yeah, and, Don, we can get on there and find all about deer hunting, find out about you. And I tell you what, your book. you probably even have um, contact info on there if anybody wants to pick your brain, huh? Yeah. The, my email's on there as well as my phone number. So, when you know, anybody that's interested in deer management or my book or whatever, just uh, – Get on there and don't, don't be afraid to contact me. That's right. And this is being brought to you by the programs of the NRA. Check them out at nrablog.com and Ruger Firearms. Look them up at rugerfirearms.com and Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter, at cabelas.com and Ram Trucks. You can find those guys at ramtrucks.com. And this is The Revolution, and coming up next is Cat Daddy. Change your life and start living the revolution today at twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Don't miss the show that gives you exclusive access to your favorite pro athletes off the field and in our communities. Join host Nick Murphy for Heroes Radio. Hear it directly from the source as we take you behind the scenes with your favorite stars. It's sports, community, entertainment, and fun. And it's all part of Heroes Radio. Tune in Friday afternoons at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, only on the Voice America Sports Channel. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. This is Revolution, and I'm Jim. And I'm Trav, and we're talking with Cat Daddy in our studio line at 785-846-7647. But don't forget to hop on Jim's Facebook page. Hey, we got blogs. We have a blog. We also have a Twitter account, and Jim, I think, has um scabies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. At least I don't think it is. I have these little creepy crawlers, though. Cat Daddy. Thanks for being on the Revolution. Well, I tell you what, I got my pistols loaded, buddy. I'm ready oh. for the rev. Oh, <laughs> no. Sweet. That's the way everybody's got to be now. The Revolution, this is the hot spot. You are the hit rebel. You are, Cat Daddy. <laughs> the fossil turtles better look out. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Now, what is shaking in the catfish world right now? Oh, I tell you what, it sure ain't the daggone weather. Oh, jeez. Dude, this Ooh. weather sucks. Hailstorms, uh, uh. high winds. 
We had 85-mile-an-hour wind gusts yesterday evening. Really? Yeah, and I was out at Lake Shawnee looking out there wishing I was out in my boat with eight-foot waves. <laughs> Should have had your surfboard. Oh, right. That's like a tornado, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, like a mini tornado. Yeah, mm-hmm. a microburst, I think they call them. <laughs> yeah, the microburst micro lasted about three hours, though. <laughs> I've seen flying catfish for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so in this extreme weather like this, as a catfisherman or a fisherman of any species, you really have to be prepared when you sit out there on the water. Oh, buddy, you better believe it, because, you know, something like that can whip up on you quick and, uh, you don't want to be, uh, you know, sitting around there scratching your what do you know, trying to figure out what you're going to do. You got to get it on and get it on quick. Have nothing but in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, that's why I head for the bank, Jack. Head for the bank. That's why I got a bigger motor on my boat. Yeah, you're the only guy I know that anchors down a five-gallon bucket on shore. Hey. <laughs> i tell you what, I don't even think I'd have done any good way that wind was hopping. But, you know, in this terrible weather like this, whether it's storming or whatever, that is when the bite really picks up, though. And it's crazy, you know. It really is. You know, you're out there on a really nice sunny day, and everything's just, you know, picnic perfect. And i got the chicken in the bucket and the guts <laughs> over here in the jar. and You know, everything's good. You don't even get a bite. You get yep. a wind like this come in, storm and rainy, and the barometer's going just ticky-tack crazy, and, man, it's on. Well, that's because the catfish want to kill you. That's what they do. They entice you. They get you out there. They have evil fish. Oh, oh that sounded yeah. evil. Yes, it did. It's really a good time to get out there right now. You know, this weather's just kind of in and out, in and out. And then fish are kind of mixed up right now, about like we are, whether we want to go fishing or not, you know. <laughs> And uh, a person ought to really go out there and try to catch him bigger cats right now because they're on the move. That wind gets to turning that water up and moving everything around. Them big old cats are out there just scouring around looking for something to munch on. Well, you know, the thing is, you can't catch a fish sitting on the couch, can you? You got to go to know. (laughs) You got to go to know. But you know what, Cat Daddy, you're always testing new products, finding cool, hot new gear. What's uh, maybe a new stuff you got this week? Well, I tell you what, it's the same good old Renato canopy chair. Oh. I put my big old rear right down in one of them. I tried breaking that rascal and I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, that's what your five gallon bucket is in a canopy, isn't it? What is up with you in this five gallon bucket? <laughs> I don't know. Holy cow. The thing is, Jim, cat that you win one tournament and on a five gallon bucket and you can never live it down. I tell you, I'm fixing my, my uh, little granddaughter's, uh, getting ready to have her prolonged birthday party. I think it's been going on for a week now. <laughs> Sounds like mine. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, little little Cheyenne Kay's the name. She's quite the fishing gal now, let me tell you. Mom started her out really young, and she really picked up on it. And, you know, I always tell her, I said, you need to tell all your other little friends you got out there what you do when you catch these big old crappie and catfish. And, boy, I tell you what, she's got a whole boatload of kids wanting to go fishing, so old cat daddy's going to round them all up and give a case of orange pop. And, uh, I'll leave the Pepsi out this time. You know, cat daddy, it seems like every single year you're always taking kids out, trying to get more people involved. You know, this week we're actually talking on the revolution about management of wildlife. And, you know, a lot of people discriminate against shooting a smaller buck or something. But, you know, and it, the funny thing is it's the exact same way in angling. People look down if you catch a small trout, a small catfish. But you know what? At the end of the day, when you're trying to get a kid involved, it doesn't matter, does it, Cat Daddy? Oh, it sure don't. You know, and 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 you know, the more fish you catch, and these kids reel in, and you know, feel that tug of line on. Man, it's just fantastic to watch the expressions on their face and the stories they tell a week later. You know how that pound and a half fish uh, 
all of a sudden 10 pounds. <laughs> well, we do that. right after me, man. <laughs> you bet. Hey, we've been talking with Cat Daddy's talking about the great times you can have right now out there on area water and area rivers too, right, Cat Daddy? Absolutely, absolutely. You wait till I get all these kids hooked up on the revolution, buddy. Look out. That's right, Cat Daddy. If we want to find out more about you, where can we head to online to do this? www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Oh, man, that's it. This has been sponsored by Loophole Tactical Optics, makers of the Mark IV Rescue Blind. Look them up at loophole.com and Ram Trucks. You can find these guys at ramtrucks.com and uh, Ruger Firearms. That's ruger.com. And coming up after the break, we're going to have Dr. James Crawl talk about deer and deer management. And this is The Revolution. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stay right there. We'll be right back. We want to give a special thanks to all of our 361 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible, like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, Mark Paneri, our guests such as Wade Bourne, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, Nick Rhodes, Don Higgins, and Dr. James Kroll, just to name a few. Hey, and coming up next week on The Revolution, Ram Trucks will sponsor the great debate of public lands is no use, good use. So we are Jim and Traff, and your local news and weather is coming up next. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.